1: listening to
2: Achtung
1: Lowell,
3: broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, Accept no substitute. Huge welcome, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Weekly, uh, our regular um, episode whilst the close season is on to try and bring you up to date with what Millwall news there is during this bizarre interlude between the end of last season and a few weeks later the start of new one joining me today is our regular guest it's mr michael avery welcome to the show michael
2: afternoon Nick. good afternoon listeners uh, you'll be pleased to know that um, i've politely asked the ice cream man not to do his rounds while we're recording this week
3: <laughs> you're actually on your lunch break at the moment mate aren't you so um, oh, indeed, big, indeed. Big, uh, big thank you for taking time out your day to do that um News generally on, on, on the Mill websites is a little bit slow. I think we've got to be saying this up front and declare our interest, dear listeners, because you know, when the hot news is that they've gone back to Calmont Road for pre-season training, you know that we haven't made any spectacular signings this week. Um, are you are you are you excited by the return of the troops to Calmont Road, Michael? I mean pictures of Troy Parrot in in the training gear. Um, it, it starts to get the old um, you know get the tingles going a little bit?
2: Well, I'm happy with a new training gear. It is very smart, isn't it? You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm rocking that when you're walking your dog. Um, no. But it's, um, no, no. To, to, do you know what? Let's be brutally honest. Um A few months back, we didn't even know if we'd have football this season. So the fact that they're back to pre-season, yes, it does feel slightly strange because there's still an element of things like social distancing and, you know, temperature checks and everything like that. But, Come on, where we were back in March, April, May, when we didn't think that we'd be oh, leaving the for the rest of the year. You know, this yeah. is, it is a welcome return. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah um, football is football is a different game slightly now, not not on the pitch and the rules, but you know, with uh with the no fans as we know and that we'll touch on. But yeah, no, it's it's good to see him back. Very happy. I mean,
3: the the fixtures will be announced next week. Um I think the Football League published the the kind of general dates that they're working to the 2020-21 season, um, which begins on September the 12th. There's going to be some early uh, Caribou Cup action, um, you know, to, to, to lead us into the new season. Um, no football, FFA Cup, no football replays, no replays uh, next season, Michael, to try and, you know, get for a large amount of football over the course of a season. I find that I understand it, and maybe it won't. Um, maybe it'll add to the the possibility of joint killing. But I find it kind of sad that the, the the degrading of the great greatest cup competition in the world continues next season. I think it's just one of those uh, yet more nails in his coffin somehow. Do you agree?
2: Um, yeah, I, I think I'm the youth. Oh, I have the uh, youth on my side slightly that I'm. I'm sort of happy—not happy, but I'm more used to changes in things. But I'm also slightly older in the sense that I like the FA Cup and I do see it as a, as as quite an achievement in a football, footballer's career. You know, Arsenal won it recently, and a few people were like, oh, they've had a bad season, they've only won the FA Cup. But you know, when yeah, I was growing yeah. up, the FA Cup was the pinnacle. But um, I agree with the giant killings. I always, I always used to like the fact that you'd get you know, Man United going away to, I believe it was Burton Albion a few years ago and and they nicked a draw, you know, and then Burton going back to Old Trafford and getting their payday. But I do think as well, to a degree, and and, uh, we mentioned this last night with with a cynical head-on slightly, you know, if you want to look at it this way, um, could the FA potentially, I know we're in a bit of a a bad situation with with COVID still and, and lockdowns and everything like that, but do you think this could be... The FA's way of dipping their toe in the water and saying, well, we managed to successfully reduce the number of games for the big boys last season. Um, maybe we could do it again going forward. You know, they've, they've tried it with the extra subs. They tried to push that through for next season as well, if I'm not mistaken. And that got that got turned down. So don't be surprised, Nick, if, if after this season and going forward, we don't see two legged cup ties anymore.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think we are looking at um, we're looking at some major changes to the way football is is um, formatted in this country. Generally, I mean, you know, we're going off topic slightly, but we've we've all read the um, the endless soap opera that is Charlton Athletic, um, and leaving aside the the natural um, joy of, of of seeing your neighbours in in um, deep um, deep waters, um, we are watching we are watching unfold some big big changes. The I think we touched on it before in previous shows you know the ninety two club football league is i think it's it 's a dying thing i think we 're seeing a split now between a a premier League premier League two and then um a, a kind of a, 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 a mel, you know a, a blend of um, non league and lower league football uh, football league football merging together in some way and whether that 's going to be a good thing or a bad thing or whether it 's logical or illogical. I don't know. I, 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 part of me, maybe it's an emotional reaction, Michael, but I just think it seems like a, the, the end of um, something that's been there all of your life. 92 clubs in the Football League, um, you know, it's just one of those pillars upon which the game has rested. But I think we are looking at a new era, whether COVID has hastened it and probably has brought a few you know situations to a head. But how many you know each of the football divisions and that seems to be settled off the pitch in in um you know administrative uh disciplinary hearings or uh you know kind of uh, uh football league uh committee rooms? Uh, we've seen uh macclesfield um relegated this week and stevenage saved in 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 the in the committee room. It's in the moment you think oh well you know that's good or bad as the case may be but you are watching it's like watching the antarctic fall apart you know it's the cracks get ever bigger and they don't come back together again afterwards so we are seeing something big unfold here for better or for worse
2: no of course and 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 just just to touch on what you said there i think that i mean i mean there's there's a very famous um Three three word slogan that comes out whenever uh, the uh, EFL put a statement out. I won't repeat what the first one is, but it normally ends with the EFL, doesn't it? But <laughs> I, I I don't I don't I really truly don't think that they've actually done themselves any favors over this whole thing because, as you say, like there there's there's a, a split that looks like it's going to happen. You you I think it was it was you and Ryan or you and Harry on your last show. You were saying about how you know the Premier League see it as a Premier League 2, the Championship, but when you've got League, league 2 all voting to do one thing and then League 1 voting to do another yeah. and then the Championship voting to then therefore continue their season and Macclesfield get their points taken off, Wigan get their points taken off, Sheffield Wednesday get them taken off next season. It's, it's just abs- the, the whole thing is just it's just an absolute far.
1: It degrades the, the competition. Year,
2: yeah, great... it really it, it really does. It really does. And 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 to a degree I know that some people don't like the model of the Premier League, you know, we a, a great example, I know they've recently been relegated is is Bournemouth, you know. If you go I remember a couple of years ago I, I I did the Bournemouth marathon. so I went down to Bournemouth for the weekend. Yeah. And this was about 9 years after I um we we played them away um when we lost, I think it was 2-0 or 2-1. Um can't remember the game it was. Um, but it was around 2008. And I remember just walking around outside Bournemouth thinking this isn't the same Bournemouth I visited 10 years ago, you know, like where the money's come in and where they've had to do all these requirements. But if you think about it, the way the EFL's running at the moment, the fact that they're letting Cholton potentially go out of business, they let Berry go out of business. The only reason Bolton didn't go out of business was because the fact they didn't want to look stupid, two teams going out in the same season. Would would it do the championship a favour coming under the Premier League to be looked after? You don't.
3: It, know. it would be less fragmented. I mean, I think the, the football's problem generally is, and we touched on it when we spoke to James, the lawyer, um, the shows in the, in the summertime during the lockdown. I think it's easy to say the EFL should do this, the EFL should do that. I think part of the problem is that it's it's comprised of member clubs who vote and act in their own interest and. You hope that, that that interest produces the best outcome. Um, not always necessarily so. It produces short term outcomes that suit some, but not others. Um, I don't know the EFL has half the time got the power to do this save Charlton, save Berry, or pick up the pieces at um, all the other clubs that we've watched be shattered over their own mismanagement over time. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I. It's a bit like being in um, a sea current. You know, you can swim as hard as you like in one direction, but it's going to carry you in the opposite, isn't it? And, and that's, mm. that's what we're, we're, we're watching right now. Thankfully, thankfully, given Mill's history of largely being a third division club over its... Existence, and certainly since joining the Football League in 1921, we find ourselves um, clinging to a, a bit of, um, you know, with a bit of a bit of driftwood called the Championship, which hopefully is going to get dragged along with the in the slipstream of the Premier League at the moment, and we don't want to get relegated from that. So, you know, let's let's hope that takes us to a place of safety. Anyway, that's, that's, that's veered wildly off of my notes, isn't it? I have made absolutely no notes on that, listeners. That's all come straight out of a, a tangent that. Um, occurred to us as we're referring to the excitement of watching the Calmont Road um, training camp re, re, reform. Um, great to see Troy Parrott wearing a... I'm big hopes resting on Troy Parrott's young shoulders, Michael, aren't they? I mean, really, um, you know, the amount of coverage the boy's getting. I know he's, I know he's a Euro, Euro prospect and playing for Spurs and all the rest of it. I, I hope he matches up to the hype, don't you?
2: <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine if he comes in and he's like another Barry Powell or someone like, uh, <laughs> well, at least we um, haven't
3: spent money on him. We're not not like uh, sort of put up Trevor Aylock from the early '80s the other night, and we spent what was the equivalent of six hundred thousand pound on him, and he got we got nothing back from him apart from six goals and and a, and a lot of nothing. But uh, well, at least we haven't yeah. spent money directly on Troy Paris, so as far as we know, anyway, to to bring his services to to Calmont Road. But I'm looking forward to seeing the boy.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. He's 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 a big lad, isn't he? He's, he's around what six one, six two, something like that, isn't he? He's, he's, so he he's one of these who could hold the ball up if he needs to. Um, I mean, I was just looking at some of his stats as well earlier on. So he he, he came from from Belvedere, the uh, not not where I live in Southland, not Island, the one near Barnest. No. Yeah, yeah, not 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 the one near Abbeywood. Um, he he if, from the Belvedere Football Club, and you think that's I think that's the same club that Richard Sadlier came from. So yeah. it shows that they still. Sort of, um, they've still got a decent little youth system down there, and and sort of blooding through talent, if you will. But also as well, if you have a look, Nick, I know like everyone's talking about him, you know, getting that appearance against Burnley for Spurs and uh, playing in his, uh, like getting subs appearances in other competitions. But I, I always think the sign of a good player, and, and unless you're like a Wayne Rooney who burst straight into the first team of for England at the age of what twelve. Um, mm. I, I think it's always good when you get a player. Because Looking here, he's played for. Republic Island's under-17s, under-19s, under-21s and and he's broke into the first team, which is good because if you think about it, he's he's only, what, 18. So he's obviously got the talent to go through all these different age groups. I think he's only 18, isn't he? Yeah. He's, but, um, he's, he's
3: young. Yeah, I think he's 18 years old.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So he's obviously good enough to, to play in all these youth systems. But what is good as well is that A lot of these youth systems um, and under-17s, etc., they have different ways of playing and different managers. So it shows that he can actually adapt as well to different styles if he needs to, which is another good sign.
3: Yeah, I mean, the YouTube footage, I'd recommend anyone, if you haven't listened to it or watched it already, listeners do. I mean, there's loads, just type Troy Parrott into, into the YouTube search engine, you'll find loads of stuff on there. He really does look like he's got the touch um the x factor all, all the all the qualities you look for in a great strike he's ours for a year so you know we we um we he's here to learn his trade like Harry Kane did in previous times and and others over over the years so um i I think that there's a lot of hope resting on Troy Parrott's young shoulders as I've said, but it's an area of the, of, of the it's an area of the side that we were short on last season. You know, if if we can start scoring goals, we could probably have a rerun of last season with pretty much the same squad, but a goal scorer up front. And I think we're in with a a much, much stronger shower. I think that's why there's so much optimism buzzing around at the moment.
2: Yeah, exactly. And with with the contract that he signed um, recently at Spurs um, and the fact they see him as this prospect, you're not going to get a situation similar. You know, when we had Chris Wood yeah. Um and we had him on loan, and then he had to go back early because uh, West Brom wasn't it wanted to sell him to Leicester. Yeah, um, but he was he was there so
3: as a shop window, wasn't he? Really? He yeah, exactly. A shop
2: it, of course, he was. Um, and but as I was saying with this, I think it's good that unless Spurs want to recall him for whatever reason, we're not going to be in a situation where Spurs sell him back to sell him on. You know, un- un- unless they get an astronomical figure. But again, if they were to get an astronomical figure, they wouldn't have loaned him out to us in the first place. So it is it is a positive signing. We just have to hope he. He delivers
3: on the pitch, yeah. I mean, it's great to see that Millwall under Gary Rowett and and the coaching staff. We'll touch on Sean Williams in a moment because he's now joining that coaching and you know management staff this season. But it's great to know that the club is felt to be a place that um, you know, major talents could be sent to 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 round their game off. And I think that's probably what Marino wants to do with Parrott. He's, he's 18, he's you know, he's he's at the beginning of his of his football career. He's got to learn the the nouse of being a striker at a very, very top level. And the fact that we're seen as a place where you can go to do that offers a lot of hope going forwards because we have to live in the financial real world where we, unless we find a Troy Parrott in our own ranks, um, you know, we're not going to sign that kind of talent very easily or very quickly. So it's great to see that as a possible method by which we can bring in you know, talent at the highest level. It's what other clubs have been doing for a while, Michael. It's nice to see us joining the um, joining the the party in that way, isn't it?
2: Yeah, indeed. And it's like um, it's like I like I said on your last show. I, I can't apologise who said it, but that obviously must have been one of the reasons why sort of Rowett decided to sign. And it's good to see that the club are backing him because we've. I don't think we've been this, as you say. Um, you know, we're joining him with some of these big teams now. I don't think that. We ever would have been this type of club under previous management who who no, would go in and no, get big I agree. big talents. I agree. So I it's agree. very great. It's, it's, it's good that he's got his in because a lot of a lot of managers come in uh, to clubs and I'm, you know Millwall's obviously got this thing about it. That it's a very honest club, um, but a lot of managers come in. They say I want one, two, three, four, five, and they say well you're not getting any of them. So it's nice that the club have had back Gary Rowett and, and full credit to him.
3: Now, one of the in- I mean, just touched on Sean Williams. One of the more interesting uh, news items that came out this week is that Sean Williams, midfielder of some years standing with us uh, in twenty thirteen, I think he signed as as um, becoming a player coach, which is an interesting development. Um, I don't know if you've seen the story, but it's it's an interesting move. I think uh, you know he, Gary Rowett saying from a cultural, from a a group point of view, keeping Willow involved is great. He understands the players, understands the club. But also, intriguingly, he has a really good knowledge of the game. He sees the next move before a lot of other players do. And that's a good insight into what I'm hoping for from a coaching perspective. So, you know, Williams is clearly rated, his football brain is clearly rated highly by Gary Rowett for this for this to, um, you know, to, to come off this move.
2: Yeah, exactly. And the way uh, the way Gary Rowett says there, he sees the next move before a lot of other players do, that's been evident for Williams' his whole career, even... Even recently, when they were saying, you know, his legs are getting on a bit now, could he still do a job? He was he was fantastic last season and it was just the way that he could see a pass and, and pick pick it around and stuff like that when he needed to. But, you know, he understands the players, he understands the club, which is obviously essential. But also as well, little things as well, Nick. Uh, he, he knows what it's like to sort of, be a pro to go through relegations to go through promotions. Yes. So if you've got a young player, and let's be honest, you're you're as big a Millwall fan, if not bigger Millwall fan than I am, and so and so are the vast vast majority of these listeners. I do know one or two people who listen who aren't Millwall fans, but they just like uh, they just like Harry Warren's... He's uh, <laughs> talk.
3: He's rough talk. I like it rough.
2: <laughs> indeed, indeed. But um, but as 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 we all know, Millwall Millwall are a yo yo club you know they, they, they really historically, are yeah, Histor- historically yeah historically they're a yeah. yo-yo club we have a few years in the championship a few years in league one so if you've got a player who has literally been up and down on that yo-yo what better person to put your arm around a young player who has been relegated and said well no come on I'm not saying I no, could get relegated don't get me wrong but no, no, no. You know, if he is here in 10 years time and we do or when we get promoted to the Premier League if we get relegated from there Will Williams is in the perfect position to put his arm around and go. Well, you'll back from this. It feels it feels rubbish, but it's not the end of the world.
3: I mean, Sean Williams is a is is, is one of these slow burn players. He's been he was at Milton Keynes, I think, before he came to, to, to right, Millwall. Yeah. Twenty, I'm sure it was either 2014 or 2013. It might have been um, 2014, he's been here a long time. Basically, he's part of become part of the Millwall scene. Um, I mean, he's always been an intelligent player. I think probably the, the criticism has been that he's looked a little bit languid at times in midfield. He's, perhaps his pace isn't as um, as fast as, as as the modern game at this level now demands. But I don't think anyone's ever queried his football intelligence. He he, he is a, a player who can pass the ball and pass it well. And, you know, he he's didn't have a bad season last year, actually, Michael. He scored a couple of goals, didn't he? And, you know, he's... He, he's, he's become part of the Millwall furniture. And I think it's quite an interesting process when players slowly work their way into a club and become part of the culture of the club. And I think that's very much what Williams has, has done for himself. Um, I mean, it's clearly going to be a slow start. I mean, Rowett's saying he won't have loads to do initially. He'll do the odd session, take the odd training session, sit in on the club meetings and uh and feel his way into things um he'll still be a player primarily but when Verrett wants him to coach he'll coach um i am sure someone it might have been Oscar on on online said this is a part of succession planning so planning for the future when others move along Adam Barrett will be second in command and Gary Rowett obviously at some point will Move along. So this is a big first step for Sean. If I don't know if he, I'm sure I read that he wasn't interested in management, but more more coaching, which um, was an interesting angle to take. Um, but maybe that will change in time. Maybe once to get a taste of the uh, of the action, you know. So I, I think it's a good move. I don't. Do, do, do you think this, um, you know, the right move for him at this stage of his I career? Think,
2: yeah, I think it's an excellent move, and also as well the fact that we can rely on him as a player. So if we have one of those unfortunate Sort of runs of injuries, which I think we had a couple of years ago um, in the season, where we just managed to stay up. It, it'd, it'd be good if 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 a Ryan Woods touched what he doesn't, but if Ryan Woods gets a, um, an injury that keeps yeah. him out for a or week, others, yeah. gets, yeah. or others, or gets a, um, a few yellow cards that gets him outside, or he takes a knock and you know he needs to come off for the last half hour of a game, who be better to put on than Sean Williams? Sean Williams he's, yeah. he's, 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 he's a good, he's a good pro. He's a very good footballer, as you say. No one's ever knocked his ability. Um, and he's, it's he, he, very strange with Sean Williams in the sense that he's played a very similar game in the sense that, you know, he's, he's very much, he likes to spray the ball around a lot, but he's sort of very subtly adapted his game for his age, you know, like like where Gary says he picks up, he sees a pass before yeah. other players do. He may not have been able to do that right at the very beginning when he first joined Millwall. You know, he might have had to have a touch and look up. but What is he now, now,
3: 30, 33, 30,
2: 32? Yeah, he's early 30s. But this is where it's it's the very subtle changes that you don't really notice too much, but that's probably helped him with his career longevity. And I've noticed it'd be fantastic. So I'm really happy with that.
1: Ready to pop the question? Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombuscom slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: You're listening to actor Noel.
3: Good stuff. I mean, just another story here. Um, talking about the, uh, there was talk of uh, Keith of Moore, who's now joined Cardiff from Wigan. Um which in, in hindsight everyone's saying that was always the obvious um location. We were in the game. I don't think that we probably uh, ever made as strong a stronger case for Keith Moore as, as Cardiff uh, did. I think he's a Welsh international, I believe, isn't he? So that would uh, you know, probably have a stronger pull on his on his loyalties. Um Max Lowe was doing the rounds as a as a, as a possible signing in the week. So I, um, I saw Max Headroom. Um Kind of gifts and, and whatever they're called, doing the rounds on on on, on Twitter, and um, that seems to, to have gone cold slightly. But Gary Rowe is saying he's not planning on offloading any other attackers, so we're not looking to send any of our current crop—the Matt Smiths, the the the, 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 the Tom Bradshaws, um, presumably the John Daddy—and I don't even know about the jury um, going out. It doesn't seem there's no plans to offload any of them at the moment, Michael. Um, I think possibly on, in Juri's yeah. case, um, it may be a struggle to find um, a suitable um, home for him to go to. I think that might be part of the problem.
2: Yeah, no, indeed, indeed. And what you were saying there about he's in no rush to really get rid of any strikers. Um, let, let's be brutally honest. If if you've got the likes of, we'll talk ideal world here, if you've got the likes of Matt Smith, uh, Bud and Bradshaw and Para all... Playing to their abilities, why would you want to offload any of We've his got problems?
3: some goals in that group when you say that back. I know that Bradshaw had a overall a fairly poor season, but he started brightly enough, and I think maybe he would expect to do better next season for himself. But if you talk about Matt Smith and you can always say, Well, you you know, he's he's one type of um, goal scorer, but he's still a top goal scorer for the for the season last year. And then you throw in the evident talents called Troy Parrott. And John Daddy is no slouch. I just think he's another one that needs um, maybe a rocket put up his backside or something. I don't know what he needs. He needs something. Um, Jerry, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. He may he may be no more trouble for another season. Then the contract runs out. That might be the way that Jerry's career goes. Or he might actually use it as a chance to... Um, he didn't expect to, to get another goal out there and show that he can play um mason bennett seems to be still a possible but no no great um action it's we're in a strange lull at the moment aren't we we had that initial rush of excitement with troy parrott and then uh, and ryan woods but then nothing much since
2: no no indeed it's uh but as you know as well as i do nick the millwall transfers are always very quiet um (laughs) <laughs> and, and it, not normally, when, when when our mate Jim White's got his yellow tie on, he never mentions anyone standing. No, outside, we never feature uh, highly.
3: No, yeah, no.
2: he's never stood outside the den wondering who's gonna who's gonna walk past him in the background to the past the club shop. But um, it's 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 not been bad business. I don't think that we needed to add dozens of players to our no, existing no, squad. I, I think that we do. I think we do enough there. There's a little bit of deadwood that we could get rid of. And um, and as you say with the with Mason Bennett, I know I know there's that discussion there. I, I was a fan when he arrived that Nottingham Forest game. He was just incredible, wasn't he? Um, and there were glimmers where he was he showed signs of a very very good player, considering what happened at the start of the season and one of the reasons why Derby let him go. But if,
3: it's, it's fitness, it's fitness. Mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. If, if we can sign a, a fit Mason Bennett, then you know that that'll be wonderful. I mean, if he's going to spend. Large chunks of the season recovering from this, that, and the other. Then no, not not so good. But um, let's, be,
2: let's be honest, Nick. If you had a fit mate and Bennett, Millwall wouldn't have any chance of getting him.
3: <laughs> there we are. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I mean, that, that's that's the uh, that's the eternal dilemma at Millwall. So, um, I, I do think the crucial signing has been Troy Parrott. I don't want to keep on loading expectation on the poor kid's shoulders, but. Um, he'll carry, be carrying enough already, but I do think he's going to be the key signing. If we can get someone to score goals on a regular basis, then the season just gone would have looked a lot, lot different. Um, just going back to the um, the pre-season, Michael. I mean, you're the MSC is always um, slated whenever the Portugal trip comes along for not doing enough of whatever. I don't know what you are spent to, to do, but you'll be pleased to hear there is no Portugal trip this year, so you can't get slated for that. How does that yeah. make you feel?
2: Um no um, r- rumor has it it's nothing to do with covid and isolation it's just a stick that we would get in the club um no <laughs>
3: <laughs> but this year we're going to Scotland, so a less sunny location. We're going up to the um, heart of Midlovian's training camp, so we could still slag you off for not organising anything to get people up to, to to Scotland, or perhaps Nicola Sturgeon's border crossings, or um, you know, <laughs> put pay to that. <laughs> I <don't>
2: know. <laughs> yeah. I'd normally blame Boris Johnson, but I'm going to blame the supporters club this time. Yeah, but yeah, that. no, no uh,
3: mirror, no mirror this year. Uh,
2: yeah, but I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you. Apart from the sort of heat-climatised training sessions, which made sense. Um, You know, getting used to playing in heat because then you sort of sweat less when you come back to more cooler climates. I I, I struggled to see why you'd go all the way to Portugal or foreign countries to play domestic sides. Um, I just didn't really see the logic in it Mm. um, myself. Um, So the fact, I mean, it it says that the friendlies are against the league Two. Uh, league one and premier league side uh it's
3: all behind closed doors so it's all, it's all yeah.
2: behind closed doors so even if we've got man yeah. united you wouldn't be able to see it but no. um I, I, I think that that's that's pretty sensible because with, with league two and league one even if it's a friendly they always uh try and bloody your nose don't they i mean remember i went to a mill colchester a couple of years ago at, at colchester uh, and they were certainly a lot more up for it than you would any other pre-season friendly and uh, against a Premier League side, but I've read somewhere I believe is it Crystal Palace. Uh, yeah,
3: been, talk of Crystal really... Palace. Yeah, yeah,
2: that that would that, be a good little test. Um, yeah, you, you can't you can't really knock it, but it's but it's pre season. At the end of the day, you can't really get what, too excited no, about no,
3: it. No, no, and it won't I matter where they play it really. It. it won't matter where they're playing it. Cause it's all behind closed doors, so they mm-hmm. could play at Calmont Road for all, for what it's worth. I think it's just the idea of building a group um, group mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, ahead of a season that's going to be a, a, a very strange and very, um, you know, a, a very different one as 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 the uh, as it begins September the twelfth, as we said, mm-hmm. um, and we have no news on the the ticket restrictions at the Den um, beyond the fact that it's it remains hoped that fans will be allowed in from October the first. This is according to gu- current government guidelines, but as we see with the travel restrictions, Michael, these can these can change, can't they? I mean, there's, there's nothing guaranteed about this, this, um, you know, uh, just under 6,000 capacity being allowed from October the 1st. It may be delayed yet. We don't know how this is going to work out. I've not, but there's been no change yet. We haven't seen anything official on the, um, the breakdown of season tickets that have been sold. And then the, how the divvying up of the remaining, uh, you know, two, 2000 seats will, will go forwards. I, I know that um, there was a lot of criticism online for the MSC and the way it was announced. I remain convinced that the club ought to have. If this was, if this scheme, as as announced via the MSC newsletter, is going to run, I, I think it should come from Mill Football Club, and I I say that because the MSC is a voluntary group of people that want to do their best by Mill Football Club and the, and and their fans. The two go hand in hand, in my opinion. Um, but if there's something that's not going to be very popular, you, you should you, you should announce that yourself. The football club should announce that itself. Would you agree with that, Styles?
2: Um. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I would. Um. I think if it is an official club statement, there should be, um, some kind of, um, statement from the club, which there was with the email. But also, as well with with what you say, it's that. With, with the communication which uh, as you say we the MSC are volunteers and there are there are things that the MSC do well um, there's also things that, Absolutely. That there's, there's also things that the MSC not can, can also work on and you know obviously we we work very hard to try and keep everyone happy you can't keep everyone happy all the time totally understandable um, so you know all we all we ask is that people you know if they've got any feedback and they've got any um, if they've got anything for the club, that they want raised then then obviously get in touch with us and let us know we'll, we'll go to these meetings with the club and we will we'll raise the issues with with the recent communications obviously as you say Nick it could have been done differently yes um from a personal point of view I, I agree there could have been something from the club as as well that came out around a similar time yeah. um, but with the with the communications that come out, that enabled us to sort of get some, some feedback. I mean, from from when the statement went out, I had a few people message me personally to say, you know, what what's happening with this, what's happening with that. And we're we're collating everything together because we know that fans aren't going to be happy with, with what's being proposed. <laughs> those who have their season tickets will be will be okay, and those who get them will be too. But there's going to be a lot of disappointed people, and I think to a degree as well, with the club. People realise this. This isn't a, a, an ideal situation for everyone. I think you'd have always upset someone somewhere. So what the MSC is asking is, is that we just continue. If you've got any feedback at all, just to just keep messaging us. You know, like you can voice your opinion on social media. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I'm not one of these people who's a little bit of a snowflake and is a bit. Oh, I don't like you saying that about me. Mm. If you have an opinion, say what you like. That's the whole point of it. But if you actually want us to raise something, don't go on Twitter and say, oh, the club is shit, the MSC is shit. If that's your opinion, so be it. But if you actually say, well actually I want an answer that I feel needs answering, here is uh here's what here's what I want you to ask the club. We'll collect that information, we'll go back to the club and we'll release that in a similar statement. We've had it recently as well where someone we know they are they asked the a question um and I don't mind sharing it here. And this is, this is as an example of some of the things we're getting. So somebody asked, what are the EFL's plans uh, to, in the future, increase capacity? Obviously at the moment, there's no official communication. So it's a little bit presumption at the moment, Mm. Um, but it says, if in the extent of infection in a given area falls right off, in our case, South London, and supporters are clearly seen to be adhering to guidelines, is there a chance of more fans being allowed into games? Um, The answer to that will be yes. But again, this will be um, whether we follow the rules or not. Whether
3: which a government we... the government laid down. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I read a lot of um, angry comment on online, and mm-hmm. rightly so, because you know look, there's a lot to get angry about in this world. But people making the point that you can go to Brighton Beach and sit there amongst thousands, you know, uh, in an open air situation, but you've got limited numbers that can go to. Uh, then potentially from, from October but non-league games you know supporting sports generally I think you could include many other all the major sports would be struggling at the moment whereas you can do some things but you can't do others so there's an there's illogicality to some of it but that's not that's not Millwall football clubs' illogicality. That's not the MSCs' logic logicality. <laughs> I don't know why I chose that word, listeners. Um, that's that's the that's the effect of government regulations as applied on the ground. And you know there is, I I feel that at the moment there is no normality. There's going to be no normality for a while. So you're trying to manage. People's deep desire to get back to normal when going to football was, you know, your, your fortnightly hobby or your fortnightly life. Um, and that's probably not going to come back for many people for the bulk of next season. I, I fear because, again, whether you whether you say it's right or wrong, the, the impact of this COVID virus has been deemed to be such that normality is slightly on on, um, on ice at the moment. And I think it's going to stay this way for the bulk of the season. So I think it's going to be a difficult one for a while yet.
2: No, indeed, and 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 the problem you've got as well with with what's going on at the moment, and again, I I do not speak for the club, I do not speak for the EFL. I don't speak for anyone, but it is literally just pure common sense. If you want more people in the ground, you need. If and they say it might be unfortunate, but you might need to sit in your chair for the duration of the game. Mm. If you and everyone sits in their chair for the duration of the game, just put pure common sense is we now have a case to get more people in the stadium. If you don't sit in your chair and you run around and you sort of ignore anything, if, if at the moment, the guidelines, I believe, from Millwall is that you can go in as a two. A
3: bubble of two, a, two, a unit which, which, two,
2: which, yeah. Which I believe is correct. If all of a sudden you two, say, for example, we use our podcast, Nick. So say me and Harry Warren have got to sit together, Ryan, Ryan and Mike Hayden sit together, and you and Aaron Paul sit together. But then once we're in the ground, all six of us sit in a line, yeah. that's, clearly, that's clearly breaking the rules. <laughs> that's clearly... And not just the Millwall Football Club, oh, the club are telling me not to be a fan, the club are telling me this, the club are telling me that. That is the way you get into the stadium. If you break the way you get into the stadium, they will shut the ground again.
3: Yeah, and no, no, it's, it's it. going to be difficult. I mean, I personally... It's person, going to be difficult. I'm quite happy in my bubble of one, the listeners. You know, I'm, I'm quite happy not sitting there anyone...
2: The
3: I, 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 I quite like that. That's 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 my 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 way, you know. Um but no, I mean I I think you're right. I mean, you know, it's I think some it's very hard for people to accept that at the moment they're having to live life in a way that is not the traditional way that it's always been. And um the rights and wrongs of that are a separate conversation to the, the scope of this show and the scope of Mill Football Club in all honesty, because it has to act within government rules and government laws. And, and that I know a lot of work is going into this. And the other thing I just want to close out on this little bit, because we haven't got any further detail since the, um, you know, since the newsletter went out last week. But at the moment, I think that is a lot of work goes into it. A lot of people are doing their best. And, and there'll be a lot of criticism that follows whatever they come up with, because there's always another viewpoint. There's always another sign to the coin. Um, let's wait and see. And, um, I think it's got to be better to have six thousand fans in the stadium than no fans in the in the stadium. But it does depend exactly. on, on what you've what you've described there, Michael.
2: Exactly, and and I'll, I'll be on. I'll be honest with you at all. And this this goes out to every every fan who's listening to this. I I, I I'm I'm we are in exactly the same boat as you, um, unless you're Nick Hart and his bubble of one. I would love that. I am <laughs> <laughs> I, I I go. Um, me, my son. Um. My dad and I go together, so that's a four. We can't go. You know, yeah. we're 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 all in this situation again. And 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 I'm not saying this for everyone to say suck it up and and not moan and don't groan and don't don't voice your opinion. As I've said, say say as you wish. But if you know, if if you have got something you want to say, if you have got something that you want to question the club on, don't don't put something on social media. Uh, or you can vent on social media, absolutely. But if you do want it raised, vent on social media, but then ask us to ask the club. We had a, situ- um, a, a situation I said to Nick before, before we recorded. Um, last Christmas, actually Christmas Day, ironically, um, the MSC was included in a lot of tweets regarding things that were sent out from the club shop. You can probably imagine what some of those were. Um, So unfavorable
3: comment. Yeah.
2: So, so I mean, some some of them, I'll be honest, some of them were good. Like, oh, my shirts turned up, my shorts have turned up. Thank you very much, Happy Christmas. But there was some that was a little bit, um, a little bit not not too positive. Um, So it was literally through through sort of Christmas dinners, I've sort of had to. so, so, sort of, stop eating my stuffing, if you will. Um And sort of, we, we sat there for about half an hour um on, on the MSC members and we all had a discussion <laughs> on Christmas Day and collated information from the fans during our Christmas dinners that we prevent, presented to the club and said, look, I get, this is something you need to look at. And, and lo and behold, again, I'm not saying it's, as I said to you earlier on, Nick, I'm not saying that the club... Dance whenever the MSC say something, but it's something we brought to the club. It's something that the club looked at, and the club shop recently, I believe, they've got a new website that's come in. The feedback has been a lot better. Yes, there's still the odd um, issue here and there, but everyone's deliveries seem to be getting out better. So there is there is some some good to if if we if we do these things constructively, um, and just sort of on a final point, if you will, I, I know that everyone wants to get back into the den, and I know everyone wants to get back into watching Millwall and like I'm, I'm near the front of the queue with with everyone. Don't get me wrong, but something I'm doing on, on behalf of the MSC is that I'm speaking to a lot, not lot of non-league clubs um, who are local to to Millwall in the South East London area. So that if there are football fans who are literally. Like desperate for a football fix, you know. I can't go to Millwall, but I'd like to go somewhere else in the interim yeah. until we open more restrictions. um There's a few non-league football clubs we're talking to because it may be easier to get people into non-league grounds um because it's more more open. You know, you can stand less around crowded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less crowded. So, if you was a fan, for example, who who lived, um, one of the clubs we're talking to at the moment is Hereford Town. If you didn't live too far from Hereford Town you're one of the ones who missed out on the middle season ticket, but you feel like going to watch a game of football, you'd be able to get into Irith Irith Town as a member of the MSC. These are the little things that we're trying to do to try and help our fans out the best we can. Because we're we're, we're in a situation where we want to help everyone, but we've got our hands tied as well.
3: Well said.
1: You're listening
3: to Act on I want to talk about another little non-league outfit that we've started promoting a little bit recently michael the mill lionesses if you're looking for a non-league side in that sense um the mill lionesses is a pretty good cause to get behind um i want to praise what you and ryan are doing with that show there's an all for anyone who's not listened to it have a tune in I, i will confess to you all dear listeners that i was not um i didn't take a great deal of interest in the mill lionesses i never have not for any misogynistic reason. It's just it's never 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 floated my boat particularly. But I found each of those episodes that you and line have done, Michael, really really interesting. And if I'm going to be honest, it's given me an insight into um, the aims and achievements that the Mill Line have made over the years and are still making now. So I just want to take my hat off to say well done because I think they're, they're great little shows, and it's a it's a side and a and a part of the club that deserves support in my opinion because. Um, if we don't support it, who's going to? So well, well, well done with those. I've, I've really enjoyed them.
2: No, thank you. And um, I have to say, Ryan, Ryan's been incredible with his uh, with his presenting of the shows and the structure and how he does it. But um, yeah, you're right. They're, they're, they're a great little club. And when I mean, I know I'm involved in a, in an official capacity anyway. But even before that, I used to go down and watch. And yes, you've you've got a bit of a stigma with women's football, and yes, you've got some people who, who you know view it in certain ways, but at the end of the day, all these are, are young 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 women who just want to play football. That's all it is. They're, they're, not, they're not playing football so that they can get modeling careers or, you know, like any yeah. other stereotype you can imagine. These are just Instagram
3: careers or whatever, yeah. Exactly,
2: yeah. exactly. They just want to play football and it's really good that they've got their um, they've got a platform to talk and, and on, on behalf of the Mill Lionesses, you know, I've I've spoken to a few of them who have been on the show. Uh, spoken to nick farrell and katie whitmore the managers they're absolutely delighted with everyone who's been listening in and giving good feedback so for those who listen to to the main show who also listen to, to the lionesses um just thank you very much for listening in it is something different we realize the shows might not be for for everyone but we do implore as you say nick just just make pop one or two on they're only around 25 minutes to half hour so um if you're doing your couch to 5k Plot and plop one of them on. <laughs> um, I like that, and, um, <laughs> and and you know it'll, it'll go by in no time. So yeah, no. Thank, thank you to all listeners, and also Nick for giving us the platform. Really appreciate it.
3: You're welcome. Mate. I, I I just want to repeat. I mean, I, I I didn't the first interview I think you did with, uh, with Libby, the uh, the club captain. Um, you know, you're right, you can talk about women's football and whether it's as good as the men's game and, and the rest of it. I, I I think it's bollocks personally that there's a comparison because it's a different sport entirely. You've got to view it as a different kind of sport. Um, but I listened to that young lady speaking, and you can hear how much it matters to her. You can hear the pride, the self-evident pride in the shirt and the football club, um, in herself, in the way that she she approaches her game. And that's all you you know. That's all you can do you she, you know you, you can't bring any more to the table than that so i take my hat off to 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 each of the people who have been interviewed they are good shows well worth a listen so um tune in they they're on the same feed you'll see them when whenever you tune into these these um these podcasts well worth a listen in my opinion so there we are dear listeners we've reached the end of our agenda um bit of a slow news week in some ways this week, but um, it's it should start to liven up. They've got the fixtures out next week, uh, Michael. But, of course, no away travel for
2: us
1: next season, is there?
2: No, indeed. indeed. You know what, I, I said it to someone the other day, and, I mean, we all, we, all, we all like a good away day, but, you again, this is the situation where you you just rub your hands together if you're the Premier League and the EFL and go, just just get all the real horrible ones out of the way. So, you know, week one Arsenal play Spurs, week two Spurs play Arsenal. <laughs> you know because of the away travel and everything reduce like the
3: police bill yeah, exactly
2: exactly
3: that's great stuff michael avery thank you for taking time i see it's nearly two o'clock you're going to want to get back to work now mate so big thank you oh to yeah you
2: thanks
3: taking time out of your working day um and we'll be back after the break with a short piece that i've recorded with a local band a little bit of a light-hearted piece listeners the band called them bermondsey mods so tune in for that after the break, many thanks,
2: Michael. Well,
1: you are listening to Acton. You
4: You
3: Welcome back after the break, dear listeners. Welcome to. Um, a different section of the show. As we know, Achtung Mool It's like the lead, other podcasts follow, and it was my privilege to make contact with a um, up-and-coming uh, punk, working-class, visceral band called the Bermondsey Mods. They're on Twitter, at Bermondsey Mods. They're on YouTube. Check them out on YouTube. Um, they've done a little mini-rockumentary, I think you'd probably call it, on YouTube, well worth a watch, Um, I was able to speak with the Bermondsey Mods by means of um, WhatsApp sound files, that's unusual, but that's such is the way of the, 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 the top level rock and roll music business, dear listeners. So this is my interview with the Bermondsey Mods, check them out, you're listening to their new sound, Out of Order. I'm sure it's available by by some method or another. Check out their Twitter feed, at Bermondsey Mods. Check them out on YouTube. And this is the interview that I managed to conduct by means of alternate sound files via WhatsApp. The Bermondsey Mods. So,
4: uh, I'm Terry Glover.
5: And I'm Dave Greenwood. And together, we,
4: we are, are Bermzy, Bermzy Mods. Mods. Come, Come on, on, Millwall. And a big hello to all the listeners of the Achtung Millwall podcast.
5: Yeah, and to celebrate, I'm cracking it open, a tin of carling. Oh, hear that? Lovely stuff. Like an angel pissing on my tongue.
3: So, big welcome to Dave Greenwood and Terry Glover. Uh, they describe themselves as a, a raw and visceral working class Bermondsey band, the Bermondsey Mods. And you're listening to a section of, or you listened to a section of Out of Order, one of their, one of their sounds. Um, so we're gonna run through a few questions now with Dave and Terry, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, Malcolm McLaren boys once said, don't talk to the press. He probably said it, don't talk to the press, like that. Um, is this a reason why not much has been heard from the Bermondsey Mods in 30 years?
4: Look, I don't want a bad mouth to because he’s dead, but Malcolm McLaren was a fucking sellout. He didn't care about the music. He was just a bean canter. Like Richard Just for Men Branson without the airline and with better duds. The fact that he was shagging Vivian Westwood tells you all you need to know about him.
5: Did you see that old bag in cage you have a cage the other week outside the Old Bailey? Absolutely disgraceful.
4: She should have been in a cage inside Old Bailey for crimes against fucking dentistry, mate. But when it comes to the Bermondsey mods, the press just didn't like us. We released our first single, 10 Tons of Scum, back in 1990. We were just 2 too. dangerous and too subversive. The press wouldn't touch us.
5: They didn't like it that we were working class and Millwall supporters either. Not fucking glamorous enough for them. Though it's funny how Teddy Sheringham, he banged them in left, right and centre that fucking season and ended up going to Nottingham Forest, Spurs and then Man U. We stuck to our principles and kept it fucking real. Now, no
3: one likes Millwall, as we know how much do you base your lyrics on our "fuck you" approach?
4: Well, the Millwall motto "No one likes us and we don't care" was drummed into us by me mum since we were Chavis, mate. She's still a massive Millwall supporter, but she's got a real venomous bite. Me brothers used to joke that at least a rattlesnake could give you some sort of warning.
3: Uh, who handles the lyrics? Who handles the music in the Bermondsey Mods?
4: It's pretty democratic, actually, and we both do a bit, but we do set an eye bar so that almost nothing gets through. A bit like having Bielkowski and goal, yeah? Like, I'll come up with some lyrics and Dave will come up with a simphook. I might say, Dave, that's shit. It's not good enough, mate. Try this, it's brilliant. And he'll do it, yeah?
5: Yeah, well, I'll say that. yeah, Terry, that lyric's shit. And he'll go away and write something better, usually after a few pints of the old angel piss. Got one here. And other times, I'll come up with a bit of music and ask Terry to come up with some lyrics. Sometimes it will but most of the time you won't fucking bother. I've got dozens of unfinished ideas going back 30 years, but then again, as Terry says, we set ourselves high standards.
3: Can you list a few bands that you love?
4: We love Kraut Techno stuff like Kraftwerk and even a bit of disco especially the Cosmic stuff and Donna Summer too, plus all the American punk stuff like the Stooges, MC5 and all the English punk of course especially the Buzzcocks and the Clash
5: My old man wouldn't let me play German stuff in the house because his old man died in the war. Figure that one out He got run over by a bus on the old Kent Road in 1945 We were also well into the jam and weather and then along came the Happy Mondays They were a massive influence and changed Everything for us Drugs Birds Attitude Drugs Clothes Music Birds Drugs You know how it is boys How
3: about a few bands that you hate? Pretty much everything past
4: 1990 mate Real music died at the end of the 80s as far as I'm concerned It all became too commercial Too synthetic Too superficial from there on You know Green Day Blink 182 They gave it a good go But it was all a bit You know Lame Occasionally, something will take you by surprise, like... Can't actually think of nothing at the moment, but...
5: Yeah, Terry's right. Bands just don't have attitude these days. They're all miserable, middle class. twatch like Radiohead, Coldplay and Ned fucking shearing. They ain't got nothing to say. Nothing. They don't take the stand on nothing, apart from safe middle-class shit like saving the fucking planet and selling vagina-scented candles to other middle-class twats for 60 fucking quid. 60 quid! If I really needed to know what Gwyneth Paltrow's owl smelled like, I'd fucking tweet Chris Martin for grice.
3: How do you feel when other bands, e.g. the Sleaford mods, steal your dress sense, your lyrical ideas, it must be very, very frustrating...
4: It's flattering in a way for us to have such an influence, but they ain't the real deal. They give a load of lip, but it's all front, mate. We met them once, but they wouldn't talk to us. They just kept eating their avocado and peacock salads and drinking Prosecco.
5: Did we meet them? I can't remember. I must have been pissed. Terry says we met Liam and Noel from Oasis back in the 90s and had a great session with them, but I can't remember that either. I must admit, when I get drunk, I do a lot of things I shouldn't do, but the next day, I can't remember a fucking thing. The first time I fucked OJ, who ended up being my first wife, I woke up the next morning and asked her who she was, did we do it, and was it any good? Oh, she's Jamaican. She got a knife from the kitchen and chased me naked around her council flat in front of her two kids trying to cut my dick off, screaming, I'd remember that, I'd remember that. (laughs) What a spitfire.
3: Many, many thanks to the Birmingham mods. That's Terry lover and dave greenwood check them out as i've said at bermondsey mods on twitter and check out their youtube channel just search for bermondsey mods you